Yeah, I mean, I I, I think you're right. Let, let's flip that around. Um, I also think big bucks can be found in some of that flatter desert country that's maybe more open, more Ocotillo, more, you know, deserty um, from a from a standpoint of maybe that country doesn't get overlooked. Dwayne made a good point about, you know, the middle of the mountain and he finds deer either high or way low. What's your thoughts on bucks that are that are down in the desert or, you know, down on the transition where the desert floor, you know, just hits the hills? What's your thought on finding a big buck low? Well, it's it's certainly possible. You know, you got guys killing really big bucks down low every year, and I think that uh, with the deer densities being lower, that is certainly keeping the majority of the hunters out of there. Uh, you know, I can tell you that the buck that I I killed uh, just a few days ago, uh, he he was he happened to be in some lower country, and but it's 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 kind of not easy, easily accessible and the deer density is low. And, and, uh, and frankly, that's what I had that day was I needed, I needed a day hunt and I didn't have time to, to backpack in, in anywhere. And, uh, we were fortunate enough to, to find that deer. And he's, he's a, he's a great buck, a buck that most people would love to shoot. Yeah. It's like 108 or nine inches, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He went, he scored 109 inches. Yeah, beautiful buck. Um, how many bucks, how, how many big bucks, how many bucks, you know, let's say 105 or better. I mean, how many of those have you killed? Have you killed a bunch of, you know, big, big bucks? No, I, I really haven't, Jay. Uh, I shot, I've killed two bucks over 120. Uh, I shot that 109-inch buck. Um, not, not, uh, just a few days ago. And I've killed a few others in the, in the hundred inch class. What would you say the biggest coos deer buck you've ever seen is Jake? Well, we just killed him last week and he was 132 inches with Mark Hardy. So Hardy's buck. Okay. And, uh, the two over 120 that you killed, um, is there any direct correlation between those two bucks as far as, you know, type of terrain that they live in, area that they live in, you know, certain side of the hill? I always try and find variables that are similar. Is is there any similarities in those two bucks or where they were found or anything like that? Yeah, I think so. I think the common denominator will always be in country that most people don't want to go. and. Uh, uh, that's exactly where, uh, back in 2009, when, when my good friend Andy and I found the 127 inch buck that, that I killed, uh, we just happened to be in country that, uh, was really difficult to get into and it was a long ways to go. So, uh, same thing, uh, two years ago, the buck that I found, I had been watching that buck since the previous year. And I kept tabs on them all year long, and uh, just just difficult country, difficult terrain, and and even difficult uh, vegetation and topography to glass into. Also, 
Let's talk about that buck. Uh, not the 127. I believe you said it was like 122 inch deer two years ago. Uh, he he's 120 and some change, a little over 120. Okay. Yeah. Okay, 120 and change, and you you got to see him quite a bit. Um, from the first time you saw that buck to the time you killed him, give me a rough. How many times did you actually see him with your eye? Well, I I feel like I was pretty fortunate that. Um, almost every time I got up on the mountain to look for him, I could find him. Uh, and the year prior to that, when I had a tag, uh, it took me a couple of days to find him. But when I did, uh, I could get in, get in on him pretty easy. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I didn't take him, or I should say fortunately, because he, he grew several more inches the next year. Uh, but uh, when from that moment on, when I did not shoot him in 2013, uh, I had a game plan and I felt like he was pretty, that was his home area. And, and it all really seemed to work out with, uh, getting trail camera pictures of him and even getting up on the side of the mountain and glassing him up as well. Okay. So I gather that you had the tag in 2013 and you found the deer then, what was it that didn't allow you to kill that deer? What mistakes or what did you do? What did you do? You know, I'm not being critical. I'm just trying to find out what happened. Why did well, you kill the deer in 2013? What, what happened? What? Well, I think, I think a lot of it had to do with I just uh, initially for the first few days of the hunt, I just wasn't in the right spot. I, I, uh, to glass him from, you mean? That's, that's correct. Yeah. The angle, I guess I should say where he spent the majority of his time. And it wasn't until the end of that, that hunt in 2013 that I, I just, we, we finally found the right angle. And, And a lot of that has to do with just studying maps and finding different points that, you feel like would give you a better look. Combine that with the fact that I was carrying a muzzle loader. Uh, that that had a little bit to do with it also. So the last day of the hunt, I got within 75 yards of him, but it just got too dark, and uh, I just couldn't make it happen. So I had a game plan set for the next year, and it all worked out. That's awesome. Um, tell me about... Tell me about from in 13, you didn't get him shot. You got 75 yards from him. What was he, a, a mid-teens buck then, or what was he? I'd say he's low, low teens, um, you know, one, uh, maybe one, 110 to 112, maybe 113 is what he was the year before. Okay, and then fast forward, was he your target buck? Uh, from then on out for the next year, and did you focus and say that's the buck that I want to kill? Absolutely, I, I had no and, other buck in mind unless something happened to pop up. But every um, all the time that I had to dedicate was towards that one specific buck. Okay, did you nickname him or anything? You know, I I, I didn't uh, only only because other than just being a big three by three, he wasn't super unique. Now the year I shot him, uh, he was uh, a much bigger frame three by three with a drop time. But, uh, up until that point, he was just a big frame three point. 
Okay, so he's your target buck. Did you go in and uh, I'm trying to get it. Did you go in and carpet bomb his area, so to speak, with trail cameras so that you could know every pattern and, and get every, you know, type of picture and, and try and learn as much about him as you could? And were you successful with that? Yeah, I was. Uh, it, it definitely with uh, a couple of trail cameras, I, I managed to to figure out where exactly this buck was living and it, um, it, it helped tremendously. What kind of home range do you feel that that buck had compared to Hardy's buck? I, I think, I think that buck had a, a larger home range than the Hardy buck. Uh, Did, was that dictated by more open country or, or, or just the terrain he was living or, or do you think it was just that particular buck's, um, uh, characteristic? Well, I can tell you the vegetation is, is, is probably a little bit different. It, it's a little bit more open where I killed that deer. So, uh, uh, that could be why his range was a little bit more, but, uh, uh, the, the hardy buck, uh, where he, where he killed his deer, that vegetation was much thicker, much more difficult to glass. Okay, so um, I've got a real, I'm tr trying to go in a real precise direction here. So you, you saw the buck in 2013. He was your target buck. You ended up killing him in 2014. Were you able to go and watch him in January during the rut? And if if so... Was he rutting, this, this 2014 buck, was he rutting in a similar area from where his home range, or did he go off the charts and was gone and then came back? I, I want to know about, does he stay in his home range to rut, or did he leave? Well, I can tell you, Jay, I, I, I was not able to get up there and, and watch during the rut, uh, but I did have some cameras in there, and I was still unable to even capture him dur during the rut as well. Um, and so, so uh, I, I can't even tell you if he stayed right there or if he went anywhere else. I can tell you that, that there was certainly all the water feed and does that he needed where he easily could have stayed right there. Interesting. I'm always so curious because these coos bucks have such a a tight home range, you know, say 11 months out of the year. Um, and certainly you, you discussed a real tight range, you know, July, August, September, October. Um, it seems like a lot of times these bucks will just kind of go off the radar, so to speak, during the rut, you know, the month of January and just go, go haywire. But then I've talked to some guys that, you know, a buck they've been watching in their, in their home range, you know, is right there running around in that same area. In your experience, would you say that coos bucks tend to just stay, you know, if, if, if Hardy's buck had an 800 to 1,000 home range um, and, and this buck you said had a little bit bigger, in general, from your knowledge, do you think coos bucks typically just, you know, could go a mile or two away and rut somewhere completely different and then come back? Or do you think that they're generally within, you know, somewhere in that home core range when during the rut? You know, Jay, I, I, this is this is what I believe. I believe they're generally still within their home range 
our, our deer densities, once again, I think it depends upon that. But um, if if you get into some country that that holds a, a good amount of deer, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure why a buck feels that he needs to go anywhere else. Uh, so that's that's just been my experience. That's kind of how how I feel. There's always exceptions, but generally that's what I think happens. Fair enough. Um, what advice could you give to coos deer hunters uh, hunting these October and November, what I call early season hunts? Um, what are, what are some tips that you would you would give give these uh, guys? Okay, some some tips. GoHunt.com Insider is by far the most valuable tool a Western hunter could give themselves. GoHunt.com Insider are the industry leaders and number one source for Western hunting for a lot of reasons. GoHunt.com Insider have changed the game for how hunts and hunting information are found. Within a matter of minutes using filtering 2.0, you'll be able to filter by state, species, residency, odds of drawing a tag, specific hunting dates, and harvest success percentages to find the hunts that fit exactly what you're looking for. If you are a guy that applies across the West or just in your home state but want to find some new opportunity, there's no better way to do it than using GoHunt.com Insider. As an exclusive offer to my listeners, if you sign up for a GoHunt.com Insider membership for $149 a year and use the promo code JSCOTT, at checkout, you'll receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. Head on over to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and get yourself the most valuable membership a hunter could have. Real game calls featuring the elk reel. Real Game Calls makes innovative, realistic, and easy-to-master calls using their proprietary, revolutionary design. They are located and manufactured in Gypsum, Colorado. Their calls were designed and battle-tested on some of the hardest-hunted terrain on Earth. Check out ElkReel.com. Use the promo code JSCOTT and receive a 20% discount on all purchases. Go to www.ElkReel.com. You know, Jay, I've got I've got a little acronym that I'm going to share with you that you might think it's funny, but it's something I came up with a long time ago, and it it's something that kind of makes sense in my head on what it takes to to to, to grow big deer, and uh, or, or I guess maybe any antler animal, but it's called the gamma factor, okay, G A M M A, and okay. and when the G stands for genetics. A buck has got to have good genetics. Without genetics, he really doesn't mean much. Or I should say, he's not going to grow into much. Yeah. And the A, the, the, the A is is going to be age. I think a buck's got to hit his prime. Uh, you know, when you're hunting country that has a lot of animals, uh, that's where you're going to see the majority of the hunters. And it's it's difficult for a buck to reach his prime where there's a lot of hunters. And so the next M is going to be moisture. And moisture is directly related to feed as well. And all these factors, I think, need to come into play in order for a buck to, to really reach reach his 
potential. Uh, the next M is 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 going to be mountain lion or man, and that's just predators in general. All all that all about that hunting pressure. And the last A is accessibility. How difficult is it for for you as a hunter to get into to that country um, to even hunt that buck? And that I think the gamma factor is what produces these really big bucks. So. I think if you're hunting an October hunt, a November hunt, if you consider all of those factors, I think you can be successful in killing big deer. That's that's just that's how I believe. I believe strongly in that. I, I think that's awesome. Gamma. I wrote all these down: genetics, age, moisture, mountain lion or man, and A for accessibility. In your mind. Is genetics number one? Is that is that why it's at the? T- are, are these in order of importance, or or do you feel that they're all important? And do you feel like genetics is absolutely number one in harvesting a big buck? Uh, I I do, Jay. You know, I, I look at. I'm sure you're familiar with Kenny Ball. Kenny oh, Ball yeah. killed Kenny Ball killed one of the most incredible bucks ever. Uh, taken on public land. Yeah. I, w- I was fortunate. That's 15, 20 years ago. I, I went down and interviewed him. I was working for Trophy Hunter Magazine at the time, and first time I met Kenny, and what a buck, man. Unbelievable buck. But yes, go ahead. Well, Kenny, uh, yeah, tremendous, tremendous buck. And I believe the year prior to that, that buck was in the 120s. And then the year Kenny shot him, he was in the one fifties. And so you found a buck that, uh, nine out of 10 hunters would have easily killed him while he was in the one twenties and, uh, been happy for the rest of their lives, uh, for, for reasons, um, only known to that deer. He lived one more year and he reached what most would argue was his, prime his potential and to grow 30 inches 30 plus inches in one year um was something that i'm sure kenny and and all those others that were involved uh, were pleasantly surprised to see so obviously that deer had the the genetics and 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 that's why i kind of well that and i couldn't figure out another word for in order for it to make sense so gamma just kind of flowed together (laughs) But yeah, that's why that's why you know it's got to have the genetics, and you know they can reach uh, six, seven, eight, nine years old, and if they don't have the genetics, it doesn't really matter. And if they have the genetics, but they are getting shot at two years old, then once again, it it doesn't matter either. I helped a a good friend of mine shoot a great deer several years ago. That uh, in 2011. Uh, I, I had him on game camera and, and I, he was so small that I don't even think I ever scored him on the hoof. He was probably a 70, 70 inch deer. And the next year uh, we shot him and he was 108. And so he scored uh, 38. He, he, he grew in my estimation, 38 inches in one year. And uh, I actually didn't even know that, that, he was the same buck until I happened to be going through old trail camera pictures from the year before. So, uh, once in a great while, you'll get these bucks that they say do blow up. And I think that they are the exception 
but uh, it's 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 all about genetics and when they when they're supposed to hit their prime. Okay, a question. I, I totally agree with you. A question. In your opinion, when is a deer's prime? I know it's probably different with every deer, but if you had to, if you had to say at four years old or at six years old or at, when is like when do you feel like a, it's a deer's prime? I I think it's probably safe to say right around that five year mark. Uh, it's it's difficult. You know, Mark shot a Mark shot a hundred and twenty inch deer. Uh, quite a few years ago that uh, Jim Heffelfinger aged at three and a half. So you never know. Was that deer going to be something pretty special at five and a half? We'll never know, but, uh, you know, the biologists seem to have a pretty good handle on it, and and they say five, and that's probably closer to what I believe, what what I think is true also. You know, going with the the first M in gamma moisture, um, do you feel like coos deer antlers are affected by moisture like some of the other animals, such as elk and mule deer and such? Do you feel like the, the, the moisture plays as big a role as it does, say, in those other animals' antler configurations or, or development? For, for sure, the, for sure they do. Now, our coos deer are pretty adaptable, and in a lot of the country that they live in, water uh, a lot of springs and 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 our our spring runoffs and snow melts and stuff like that provide a pretty good amount of water. But they absolutely do. Uh, Mar- Mark and I have a buck on camera from a few years ago that uh, looked like he was going to have great potential, and then the the next year it was a really bad dry year and he was he was a little bit smaller and then you fast forward to the next year when you got more moisture and he grew uh relatively bigger the way that we were kind of expecting him to so i think moisture definitely plays a big part in it okay speaking about moisture most of our southern arizona moisture is monsoonal moisture one of the challenges is 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 this when dealing with moisture do you think it's the moisture from okay so let's back up the deer start growing their antlers in june right may june kind of kind of that that time frame and typically it doesn't start raining until fourth of july say july 1st that's when the monsoon kind of starts okay do you think the the monsoonal moisture, if if we have good early monsoonal moisture that year, do you think it that directly affects those antlers that year, or do, are you talking about moisture from the prior year before, uh, or, or even during the winter? I, I guess my question is, do you see bucks blow up when we directly have a big monsoon that year? Or is it from the monsoon from the prior year? Do you understand my question? Yeah, I, I think so, Jay. I think it's probably closer to that year, uh, whether it's the 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 late winter and, and early spring rains, or it's the great monsoons that you get that year. I that's that's my opinion. I think so. 
Okay. I mean, it may, it makes sense that as those deer are growing, if they're getting great nutrients and, you know, stuff's really blooming and blossoming and, you know, they're, they're, they're able to get that, all the necessary nutrients that they're blowing, you know, as it's raining, they're feeding and it's, you know, going straight into their, their antlers. That, that would make sense to me. It would be interesting, you know, to see three or four, you know, I'd love to see it. It seems like we've been in a drought, but love to see you know, two, three, four great monsoons, what it would do to our coos deer. Oh, yeah, that would be, yeah, that would be really neat to see. Phonescope is a company that makes custom-molded, precisely engineered smartphone digiscoping adapters. Photographing wildlife has never been easier. It is simple to text photos and videos from your smartphone and share them with your friends. Phonescope stands behind their product with a 100% money-back guarantee. Get yours now by using the JSCOT16 promo code and receive 10% discount on all purchases. Check them out at Phonescope, that's P-H-O-N-E-S-K-O-P-E dot com, or on Instagram, at Phonescope. I have known the owners of the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix for over 20 years. They are the authority on optics and hunting gear. Outdoorsman's is the leading designer and manufacturer of high-quality tripods, mounting accessories, and pack systems for all hunters. Their customer service is the best in the business. Go to Outdoorsman's.com or call 1-800-291-8065 and use the J. Scott promo code to receive 10% off any products. Well, um, Jake, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. We've covered a lot of ground. Uh, I know you're busy. I appreciate you spending some time with us. I'd love to do it again. And um, congratulations on uh, your deer this year and, and you and you and Mark and, and Mark's deer and some of the great deer that you've killed in the past. Do you feel like kill, you know being involved with the deer like Hardy's deer and some of the deer... I mean, at at some point in time, does it ever, you know, does the passion wane, meaning, you know, we've killed some big deer, or does it make it, does the disease get even worse? (laughs) Well, it it wanes, it wanes on the hike, uh, on the hike out in the next three days. So (laughs) we, we, I can tell you, I can tell you that we, (laughs) we, we, we have big plans of becoming mule deer hunters as we're recovering. Yeah, uh, exactly. but, but it doesn't take long. Uh, and it's seeing the other pictures of, of great bucks being killed. And it's, it's, uh, in the back of your mind that, that Canyon, that, that is just uh, a little bit further in that you've always wanted to check out. And maybe that one game camera that you left out and you haven't checked it yet that you, you you always anticipate that something else is on there or something else uh, is, is, is lurking behind that tree that you just haven't looked in. And, and, uh, uh, that's why, that's why we do it, Jay. It's just the anticipation of, of what's out there. And, and you just keep, you just keep going and you keep pushing yourself as hard as you can. And the, the, the addiction to coos deer hunting is, is, is strong and, and uh, as as big as as anything else and and so it, it challenges you mentally and physically and if you're not up for the challenge then you just become a mule deer hunter right 
<laughs> I love it. The other day I was telling Daigo, man, with all that we got going on and all that, you know, hunting this and hunting that and whatever, I said, why is it that my mind is always going back to coos deer and it's always <laughs> going back to thinking about some bit of country and you're like, God, I, I need to get up in there and I wonder what's over there. And, you know, it, it's just crazy how coos deer hunters, we, we all kind of have that same burning you know, thing in the bottom of our belly that just, we just want to go over that next ridge. And, you know, I don't know what it is. Um, it, it, they're an amazing deer and it's great to talk to uh, other guys like yourself that have extreme passion and, um, you guys have had unbelievable success and, you know, let's face it though, you, you guys have worked your butt off and let's face it, you guys have put in the time and, um, it doesn't just happen. The success that I'm talking to the listeners there, the listeners, you guys, a guy like Jake and his buddies, it doesn't just happen. They didn't just all of a sudden it, you know, big deer. I mean, these guys have been grinding. They're, they're out there in the summer and they're, they're hauling salt around and they're, they're hiking their butts off and they're going days and not seeing the good buck they want to see. And, you know, it's a grind, isn't it, Jake? absolutely jay there's no there's no question about that i feel pretty fortunate that at an early age when i started coos deer hunting uh i i was taught by some some pretty uh um, knowledgeable guys guys who were doing it the right way in the in the 90 early 90s that binoculars and tripods and and doing it the way that we do it today and and so uh i i tried to i tried to always associate myself with those people who are most successful and it it's you know and I'll, I'll be honest with you mark has made me a, a far better coos deer hunter than i ever was and i'd like to think that i've rubbed off a little bit on him as well so it's it's kind of who you associate with and then you find out those people who are successful and you just kind of pick their brains apart and you just do what they do and eventually it'll it'll work out if you yeah, if you just keep keep doing it, it's it's gonna work. It takes time, you know. It took yeah. me it took me quite a bit of time before I killed my first big buck. But there's no substitute for time. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Uh, so who's gonna win the big game this year? Um, obviously, you 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 are a fan of that other school down there, and I'm a fan, of course, of you know Arizona's greatest college you know arizona state uh yeah who who's gonna who's gonna win the big game we might be on our sixth sixth quarterback by the time our game hits though <laughs> we're down well, to the was... four string quarterback so that's my excuse for for right now that's my excuse oh we're talking football yeah well that's well is there that's any all... other sport i mean come well, on let's not Oh, that's a typical U of A response, you know, <laughs> always want to talk about basketball. Basketball is not a sport. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this much, Jay. I'm an Arizona Wildcat fan, uh, but but I'm also a realist. And uh, we we have a pretty unfortunate – the Arizona Wildcat football team is, is uh, hurting pretty bad. So I'll give, I'll give ASU credit as hard as that is. I'll, I'll give them credit where it's due. Uh, but you know the interesting thing about that rivalry is it's always a game. I should say 
It, it, it is. Turns out, turns out, I love it. Special. So you never, you never know. But, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to put any money on this game. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I, you know one thing that I love about the rivalry is I love you know all my buddies down in Tucson. My cousin went to U of A. You know, it's just a it's a fun thing throughout the year to be able to give each other you know, a hard time and, and what have you. And I always say the only game I care about the whole season is the U of A game. I don't care if we win every other game. I don't care if we go to the Rose Bowl. I don't care as long as we beat the U of A. But I say that in good fun. I've got uh, family and friends that uh, are, are, you know, U of A fans. And um, I think it's great that our state has a rivalry like this. It's always fun and it's always a game. It doesn't doesn't seem to matter really who the favorite is. It, it, there's always crazy things that happen with, you know, block punts and kicks and, you know, just, just, you know, crazy stuff happens in those rivalry games. And it's, it's always fun to be able to rib guys like you and my cousin and, you know, a bunch of other guys that I know, um, because you never know what's going to happen. I mean, there's been no. years when U of A, you know, was supposed to win and ASU wins and, you know, ASU was, you know, dominating on everything, and all of a sudden U of A just smokes them. So, I mean, it, that's the fun part of, about it. That's right. That's r- unpredictable. That's for sure. Right on, buddy. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, I, I want to give you a chance to let the listeners know you also guide, um, I believe, for Coos Deer. I want you to give the listeners uh, a place where they can follow you or find you or, or what have you. Well, I... I uh primarily right now I, I, I guide for Pat Felt and Arizona Guided Hunts. Uh, I also do some hunting, uh, I'm sorry, some guiding for uh, Rimrock Outfitters and, and Andrew Knowlton. And so uh, I kind of bounce around and, and try to associate myself with 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 good outfitters and good people. And uh, so those two right now are who I'm primarily guiding for. Right on. And you can follow... Um jake on instagram at uh what is it ocd coos coos ocd coos ocd okay yeah coos ocd and you can see some of the bucks that we've been talking about and um jake it's been great having you on and look forward to doing it again okay yeah thank you jay you take care Guys, thanks for listening and supporting my podcast. If you would, please go on iTunes and leave me a comment and leave me a five-star rating. That helps our placement on iTunes. If you'd like to send me an email, you can at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. You can also follow along our adventures at jscottoutdoors.com, also on Instagram or Facebook. I'd like to thank my sponsors for supporting this podcast, GoHunt.com Insider, PhoneScope, The Outdoorsman's, and Real Game Calls.